We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf because like he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC, Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffen, and this evening I am joined by Taylor Peterson. This the raw me. Tell Woj, Taylor is back. And I'm joined by Mr. Nick Crane. Quavo Huncho, album of the year. Ooh. Taylor, I like Quavo. how you, uh, you referenced uh, Jimmy Butler. What a mess. What I a mean, mess. man. Dude, so this is our Thunder Season Preview Podcast. Um, we will jump into everything OKC Thunder. We're going to talk a lot about this season. But since we're there, let's just jump right into Around the Association. You guys cool with that? So we can talk about Jimmy? Let's yeah. do it. All around the world. Bring it around town. Bring it around town. So speaking of Jimmy Butler, what in the hell is going on? It is a mess. <laughs> It is Ooh, a anybody mess. have an exclamation for what's actually happening? So if we just have a little timeline over the past couple days, we don't need to go into the whole entire Jimmy timeline because it dates back a while now. 
but essentially what it seems like to me is here a couple days ago, maybe two days ago, Jimmy reaches out to ESPN and says, hey, I am ready to talk. Let's have a sit-down interview. I'm going to be reporting to practice on Wednesday. Uh, you guys should meet me afterwards. And, you know, Rachel Nichols comes on and is, is expecting an interview after practice, not really knowing what to expect. So Jimmy goes out and just puts on a – apparently, you know, he shows up late. Um, basically, from the sounds of it, the uh, the Timber Bulls have already done all their drills at scrimmage time. Jimmy strolls in right about time. You know, I think they're already scrimmaging. He grabs the third unit and joins their team, scrimmages against the first unit, and just gives them the business. Uh, it's, it's I saw at one a, point – he uh, he switched and guarded Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Towns and said something like, you can't get shit on me, and <laughs> proceeded to guard Towns in the post and make Towns kick back out because he locked he him up. kicked it back out. He while back he, out while he said, yell to the GM, y'all mother effers need me. <laughs> y'all ain't winning without me. But if you're trying to be traded, I mean, you, you can't win without me. They're like, I think that oh, was yeah, like half that's the why quote. we haven't traded like, you. <laughs> y'all, y'all, mother effers can't win without me. Y'all need me. Um, these that's other, guy, these other guys are soft. Blah blah blah. I think it was that quote was more meant as like a shot at Cat and Town or a Cat and Wiggins, as that's like a a, that that you can't win with them. You have to have me to win, and was was running his mouth. But and that's why you haven't traded me yet. And it's because you all know deep down that you can't win without me, but too bad because I'm going to make you trade me, and this is going to happen over and over. That's fair. That's a good point. Um, but, yeah. And, and then, and then I, I saw T- it. Uh, Thibodeau proceeds to get called a motherfucker <laughs> by Pat Riley. <laughs> yeah, because he amended the trade, like, minutes before they called it in. Dude, tell me this. Like, Jimmy goes into practice. He shows up late. He starts talking mad shit to everybody. He cooks everybody up. He's does being ultra competitive. Like, yeah. At what point? Mic drop. At what point did, then, Yeah. At what they, point did they, Tibbs they excuse? Today. Yeah. At what <laughs> point did Tibbs like excuse himself from practice so he could go rub one out in the bathroom? Yes. You know. Okay. Did you guys see? Uh, what? I forget Jason's last. Jason's last name. Jason on the Conception? ringer. Yes. He has the uh, the Avi of the Corey. Yeah, network. <laughs> um, I love network. He, he tweeted something very, very. Yeah, no, at, at network. He uh, he tweeted something very similar, um, it, it, and it was really funny. I don't want to completely butcher it, but he 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 inferred something similar so, to what you just said, yeah. and that's so true. I mean, Tibbs was just Tibbs flag a, was a full mass. Yeah, <laughs> six to midnight, quick as hell, dude. And so they canceled they canceled practice today, right? Which was dumb on Minnesota's part. Because Minnesota needs, like, the front office needs to get ahead of this and, like, publicly come out and, like, condone this or whatever. Instead, they just shy away from it today. But word is, yeah, it's been reported by multiple people now. Sources confirm that Jimmy called a uh, a players-only meeting, right? So you guys heard this, right? right. Jim, they had players-only yeah, yeah. meeting today. And then, but apparent, apparently, yeah, apparently Jeff Teague wasn't invited to the damn meeting because he's saying no meeting happened. When other people are saying yes, 100%, like Jimmy Butler has confirmed to ESPN a players-only meeting happened, right. and Jeff Teague is saying no meeting happened. So Jeff Teague wasn't even at the damn meeting. But then Jeff 
at like Instagram that picture of the last year's starting five or whatever with Jimmy in it and had some weird, you know, emojis. And people were saying it was like a subtweet at Tibbs. Yeah. And then this happens. Uh, he's not apparently not invited to this meeting. And then, yeah, ESPN on NBA or NBA on ESPN comes out with a tweet saying that uh, Butler has confirmed to to Nichols that um, that, yeah, he, he called the meeting and uh, and that it happened. And which like three that, or four other players saying it didn't happen. That it's whole practice wild. thing was all premeditated. He knew what he was going to do before he got there. That's why he called Rachel Nichols and had her interview him right after practice. Right. It's right. literally like a shit circus. Yeah. It's, I mean, you, you've got to get him out of there. But the issue is that Tibbs, who is, is you an know, idiot, he's president of basketball operations and also the head coach he's an idiot and he loves every minute of it yeah so what I mean, nick, so is, what nick was saying earlier um report out today uh, a, a former the like the voice of the miami heat like i guess on the radio former voice of the miami heat came out and apparently he's got a lot of sources yeah and he said that that last weekend like they were about to put a trade call through and apparently it was going to be uh josh richardson and a first round pick and uh, i think they said maybe Dion, Dion. Dion was the filler yep and like they had already exchanged physicals and like they were in like the final stages about to call the league office and confirm this trade and have this thing over with and then Tibbs called back at the last minute and threw in said he want he needed another draft pick thrown in and so I'm not going to go back and edit this podcast and put the bleeps in. So if you don't want to hear an F-bomb in about five <laughs> seconds, uh, hit the fast-forward button on your podcast. But Plug your ears. Yeah, apparently Pat <laughs> Riley said, you're a motherfucker, and then hung up the phone on him. <laughs> Which just means I, I want to see Jimmy. I love Pat Riley. I, I want to see Jimmy so with much. Pat Riley so bad now. That's it's a perfect match. It's a match made in heaven. That cracks Tibbs me up. Is like Tibbs is like the, the uh, jealous ex-girlfriend. Who won't let go? Yep, and 100%. holding on. Nick, sorry, we've been dominating this conversation. <laughs> he knows what do you think? Fit. <laughs> it's I. I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen at this point. Did that completely burn the bridge with Miami? Do you think? Uh, I've I've read some it's a stuff fair point. that um that Miami's already trying to reengage again. But the okay. thing is, like, okay. I I feel like you have to like in anything with a trade like that, you have to meet halfway, right? And right. like for Miami, the halfway point was finally agreeing to give up Josh Richardson because they weren't originally going to do that. And they finally threw him in the deal. And then Miami comes back and says, oh, how about instead of halfway, we meet like 80-20. Right. And, and I think what Antonio said when we podcast with him kind of sticks. He made a good point. He said that no matter what you do when you're trading a superstar like that, you will never get full value in return. I don't think Pat. I don't think uh, Thibodeau is ever going to let that get through his head. I agree. That's a good point because he said he's not going to make a trade that's bad for Minnesota. Here's the deal: the worst thing for Minnesota right now seems to be hold on to Jimmy Butler. Like there, it right. seems like there's a major rift in that locker room between certain players, and it seems like there is an even bigger rift between like coaches, front office leadership, and players. It's that that thing is becoming toxic. Like, and you know, like all the publicity that's getting right now for Miami, like, you know, the owner hates that. I mean, it looks so bad on him. Uh, it looks terrible. Yeah. 
So like at what point do you finally just pull the plug and just take what you can get and deal with it? Because honestly, like with the hostility between like Cat and Wiggins and, and Jimmy Butler and apparently like a report came out that Wiggins and uh, and Towns both feel like Tibbs plays favorites and likes Jimmy Butler more than anybody else and and sides with him on all arguments and everything. That's creating Which we've a, seen. creating yeah. a rift. Like they go on the road the first game of the season. Like what is that airplane ride going to be like? What is that locker room going to be Ugh. like whenever you're like actually playing a game that matters? You know, like it's it's, right. it's just a damn mess. Yeah. So we talked about how we thought the or not thought. I mean, it's almost a known fact at this point that the whole interview and the whole debacle of practice was premeditated. But it seems like this uh, this player quote unquote players only meeting is in a similar fashion. You know, Butler's trying to go in and divide this team. Uh, he's going to tear this team from the inside out until they get him out of there. And he's doing that by throwing a quote-unquote players-only meeting, but not inviting all the players, right? Yeah. So, so if that, it, that's the case, I mean, he's... Oof. So we just talked about this, and Nick, tell me what you think of this. You, you just said they're not going to get equal value for Jimmy. Is the actions that Butler is taking right now, is that lowering value even more? I, I mean, I think it does. In his interview, he made it sound like it was... A positive thing because that's the raw hand that's what you're getting but like do you really want that in your locker room and what what if you don't have a, a stronger personality in your locker room or a stronger personality in a coach that can manage that you know like do teams just take jimmy for what he is or do, is this opening some eyes on who he really is and maybe lowering that value even more you know yeah i, so I, then, I think it lowers his value so at the end of the day, whose fault is that then? Is that Jimmy's fault for lowering his own value? Or is that Minnesota's fault because they should have had this wrapped up a week ago? If they would have No, it's all Minnesota. If they would have wrapped if they would have pulled the trigger over the weekend and done that trade call and got everything through to the league office, like this practice doesn't happen. That interview doesn't happen. Right. The players only meeting doesn't right. happen. So it, it's it's even more on Tibbs' plate. Now I don't see how the guy still still and- president of basketball ops here's the thing the closer we get to the season the more dramatic jimmy's making this i just think i mean if if, if he's already done all this what's next like if you don't trade him like three four days go by like what's he gonna do next exactly so i know this is a thunder preview or thunder uh, season preview and we need to get going but i want to play devil's advocate here really quick and drag us out a little longer okay because one I don't think it's Minnesota's fault, or let's say it's not Minnesota's fault, because you can. I mean, Jimmy's a free, he's still he's still on contract, right? He can't sever that contract, and so you can say, well, too bad, Jimmy, you're under contract. You're going to play for us this season, whether you like it or not. And you know, there's there's so many different fines, different things that would keep him from not playing that he's going to go out there on the court. I mean, they know his personality. I mean, they saw him in this practice. Yeah, they know he's, he's a not going to skip games. He wants to win. Yeah, he's not going right. to skip games. Right, so he's going to be out there, and he's going to try and drop. I mean, he may not pass to his teammates, but he's going to drop 30 points a game. So I could see where Tibbs is coming from in the sense that I'm going to get Jimmy Butler fired up. It's going to fire up all these players. It's going to motivate them, and then I'm going to save my job. Now, should they have taken that, that offer from the Heat this weekend? Yes, absolutely. That was Josh Richardson, a first-rounder. 
that it, that's a Dion, pretty solid Waiters, package yeah. right there. And Dion, right, right, and it, right, and you can try and get him healthy and rehab him, get him back into shape. Uh, that's not a bad package at all, and I absolutely would have taken that. It it kind of reminds me of the, in the NFL with like these guys that play on the franchise tag. And yeah. I know Le'Veon's a different story because he's actually holding out, and that doesn't happen very often. But there's a lot of guys in the league right now that said in the offseason they don't want to be there and they wouldn't re-sign, and the team franchise tags them, and they're required to play. And, yeah, they're going to go out there and, and do their thing and ball out. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it in playoffs and big games, they're not, they're not looking out for the team's best interest. They're going to be looking out for their own. And at yeah. some point, that's going to catch up to you, regardless of if he does come – back and Tibbs saves his job and they have a good record at the end of the day Jimmy is doing the the team is not in his best interest and you're not going to get far with that totally true but the other thing is I don't know if this necessarily lowers Jimmy Butler's trade value because I think it depends on the team obviously if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder you see all this happen you're not and we we got a Twitter question or two about this but you're not going to trade Diallo T. Ferg and a future second rounder for Jimmy Butler right now or possibly even before all this happened. But regardless, you're not going to do that if you're a, a team like that or, or if you're a team like Boston, who didn't even do it last season, right? But if you're the Heat, I think this just makes you want him just as much, if not even more. And I think you're, you're going to call him and say, hey, my offer's still on the table. It's a mess over there. Um, here's my trade package centered around uh, Richardson, Deion Waiters, this first rounder. Take it. You know, end this craziness and let's let's just move on with the season and get get going here with our with our team set and established. Um, you know, I I think Pat Riley and he has confidence in Spolstra and Spolstra, excuse excuse me, and I think he knows that he can handle that. And I think you know, being that culture that Miami has, that Jimmy would would prosper and he just wants to win and compete. And I think he can do that there. So I think there's teams like Miami who would be very motivated to have that on there. So I think it depends on the team. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I mean, this is just what a start to the NBA season, yeah. you know? If yeah, I was, and, and if spe- I was Min- oh, sorry, go ahead, Nick. No, you're good. If I was Minnesota, it, it, once you make the Jimmy Butler trade, I think I would start looking for a Jeff Teague trade too. see if you can move him. I mean, he doesn't have many exactly. years left, and he's not on the same timeline as as Wiggins and Cat. And uh, I I would see if you can also move Teague and maybe um maybe get a a first round pick or something back and uh and just start yeah. building a team that follows the same uh timeline as Carlton Towns because that's who you're building around now. I agree. That's a really good point. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing before we dive into the Thunder. Um, preseason, I believe the last night is tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, the Kings are down 30 right now to the Jazz, Ooh. which is sad. It's the Kings first half. Suck, man. They're terrible. They so bad. Were there, any, were there any teams? I know it's preseason, and you can't take much from it. The teams that are doing good, everyone's saying, watch out for us. The teams that are doing bad are saying, oh, it's just preseason. But are there any teams out there that stick out to y'all that have really impressed you this preseason that you think are going to going to be a problem for people during the regular season. I watched some of that Indiana Chicago game last night and I just I just keep thinking Indiana's going to be a good team. I just think I, I think agree. they're going to be like they're going to be top 4 seed in the West. Or sorry, not in the West, in the East. What am I talking about? They're going to be top 4 <laughs> seed in the East. Like them, Toronto, Philly and Boston are probably going to be top 4 seeds in the East. I think that's a mildly hot take because I think they're going to be ahead of 
ahead of Milwaukee, but Indiana's going to be a good team, man. I'm I'm pretty high on them this year. I was impressed with the Bulls, and I said this last night. They've they looked got impressive a, last they've night. They've got a lot of like, like they've got a lot of guys with names that were big names a couple of years ago. Like Cameron Payne. They've got you know all these guys. Like even off the bench, they've got guys that may not have had a great NBA career, but they're big names that people think you know could, could turn it around. I mean, they, Bobby Portis is averaging like 20 points a game in preseason and was solid for him last year. I mean, they got they've got some. You know, I think they might be the youngest team in the league, and they're, like their starting lineup. Like I don't know where their where their weak link is. Yeah, it does suck for them that Laurie Markkinen is out like what six to eight weeks, so he's not going to be playing basketball until December. And I, I think Bob, plugging Bobby Portis in right there. Bobby Portis is a good player in this. Yeah, league. no, I agree. I agree. Um, I just I think I would argue Laurie Markkinen is the best player on that team. Is that a hot oh, take? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but then you no, also I think have... that's hot. I think that's hot. Ooh, okay, hold on. hold on a second. Jabari. <laughs> Jabari and Levine. You tell me that motherfucker ain't hot, you alive, Okay, sorry, I had to play the hot take sounder. <laughs> I I think I think he's third best. I think Ooh. Levine, Ooh. Levine Levine has averaged twenty points a game like three seasons already. Or close to it, like eighteen to twenty. He's done that like three different seasons. And Jabari Parker is like good. He's just never been healthy. Like the games even when he came back last year, like he was solid. So Nick knows this because we're in the same fantasy league. But I drafted Wendell Carter Jr. on oh, my fantasy I think he's team. gonna be good. Half him. He's, yeah, as a he's a defender too. He's he's yeah. got a wingspan. Yeah, he's on gonna him. have blocks. He's gonna get rebounds. He's gonna get points. They're, I mean, they'll, they'll be okay. They uh, they'll be fighting for that that spot for sure. I mean, they'll be competitive. They won't they won't be the Hawks. We'll put it that way. I I, okay, I was a little hot on the Zach Levine. He's only aver- he's averaged 15 plus the last three years. Okay. He's, but he, all we're seeing is his highlights on Twitter. You know, yeah. And, I mean, everybody's he, hyping it. So that's yeah, bad. yeah. He went from 15 to 17 and 19 last year. Like he's steadily improved every year, and he can put the ball in the hole. So yeah. But yeah. I, like I said, they don't they don't really have a weak weak link on that starting lineup. So you guys probably aren't going to like my team that impressed me in preseason. But do you guys want to take a guess on to who it Don't is? Don't say you know, the Lakers. It's, it's the Lakers. You're going to say the Lakers. You you both nailed it. <laughs> of course you're going to say I the mean Lakers. It. They look good, do they not? I haven't watched a I whole mean, lot of look... them. I'm just pissed that the Lakers <laughs> preseason has been on ESPN like three straight I nights. I know. And it was the highest watch preseason game of all time this uh last night the of warriors was. lakers preseason game yeah yeah dude LeBron are you surprised and, yeah exactly lebron, they look LeBron solid, makes though. every single one of his teammates where he's ever been at so much better that way well, guys more. guess what guys i'm sick of talking about other teams let's dive into the thunder let's True. do it i don't have a sounder to lead us in that's okay. We are talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder season preview. We have a regular season game, guys, in like five days. That's so exciting. When this yes. drops, it'll be like four days. It Let's is go. almost here. We're about to have games that actually matter. I think three games next week, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. I think they have a game on Sunday. But it's almost here. And so... 
we at the Uncontested are here to break down everything. We know all the other Thunder podcasts are doing the same. Um, but so we hope you enjoy this breakdown. We're going to talk everything Thunder uh, for like an hour. So get ready for it. My first question leading into the season. What are the three biggest storylines for the Thunder going in to, to start the season? What are the three biggest storylines? Jimmy Butler, obviously, is number one. Well, th- Thunder-centric storylines, <laughs> not NBA. Right? I, know, I, know, I, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, no matter what's going on, oh, Thunder, Jimmy Butler fair. is, like, it, it, way It will affect the Western Conference standings for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he goes um, to Houston, that's a big deal. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, the, the Robertson injury, you know, it's kind of up in the air on, on if he's going to be playing a lot, and that directly affects the whole Ferguson-Diallo situation. So I think the majority of the storylines coming into the season directly have to do with, with Drake coming back. I would agree. I think, I think the number one storyline entering the season is definitely the health of Andre Robertson. Um, not only when is he going to play, um, and we have a question about this later, but how effective will he be when he gets back on the court? You know, I think it's going to be big for this team because we've seen what this team is like when Dre is healthy, like what this team can do defensively. And like last year, they were a top three defense with Dre, and they were dragging the corpse of the fat-ass Carmelo Anthony. You know, yeah. now when you put out a competent yeah. team defender out there in place of Carmelo, like, I honestly think that this team could be, like, finish the season as top three team, top three defensive team in the league. Yeah. So I, I think that I would agree that that Andre Robertson injury is, is storyline number one. So my first storyline is just health in general. So I'm going to piggyback off that. Uh, obviously, you have Dre, like we just talked about, but then you also have Russ. We just got a <laughs> quote-unquote injury update today, which wasn't much of an update. It was just Billy saying all the things that we've seen reported, right? That yep. he's going through uh, some limited contact right now. He's still rehabbing. He's on a on the right track, and hopefully he'll be ready for regular the regular season tip-off. G- give me a Warriors. percentage chance real quick. We'll what, what is your percentage chance that he plays on Tuesday, Taylor? So I was pretty high originally, and I would if you would ask me this three days ago, I was a seventy thirty that he would and you know to would not play. Right now, I'm gonna say it's close to fifty fifty. Wow, I'm not feeling quite as good no, as I was. I'm telling you, man, that dude is that dude is playing basketball opening night. But it just apparently there's a vibe right now in the Thunder organization. Dude, um, from these reporters, I just they they don't. I'm going seventy five twenty five. We play. If, if we were playing, oh. if we were playing the Kings, like no way. But you're telling me that Russ is gonna watch them get their rings and just sit there afterwards? No. Yeah. Sure. I, There's I no way. I think he's gonna play. I'd give it seventy-five twenty-five. I hope he plays. I do. But also, I mean, I, I, and another question. I was I was reading an article from the Ringer today, which I shouldn't have. It's uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and she was talking about health and. And, uh, you know, she, she was saying it was the uh, kind of the peak and valley of the season for the Thunder, um, the high and low point. And, you know, the highest being the Thunder could have the serious potential to reach, reach the Western Conference Finals for the first time since they lost Kevin Durant and challenge Kevin Durant and his, you know, his new WIST team in the Western Conference Finals, where the floor of the season would be 
another first round exit or, uh, you know, maybe even not making the playoffs, but she was saying more of like a, another first round exit um, due to health. And, you know, maybe Russ not recovering from the surgery or Dre not coming back 100%, uh, none of these wings panning out, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, that first, that first point I have is just health in general. Um, obviously getting Dre and Russ back both at some point this season, 100%, and then, you know, keeping her fingers crossed and hoping, praying for no more injuries. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Alex Abrinas notoriously uh, That's battles a good injuries one. all season. Um, Nader's know, been banged up. Yeah, can can they keep the the bigs healthy? Can P stay healthy all year? Yeah, it's a it, it's a big point of concern. You know, it's a big yep. point of concern. Can I have a random hot take moment? Yes, <laughs> you got it. Go for it. I think the Lakers are going to struggle early finding chemistry. They're going to have to make a couple trades at the deadline. I don't think they'll slip into the playoffs, but I think they'll they'll be that team that's seven, eight, six all year. I think they'll be like in the playoff picture all year, but they'll finish up seven or eight, and they'll knock off the Warriors in the first round. Ooh, that is <laughs> blazing hot. I'm sweating. You tell me that motherfucker ain't hot. You lied, motherfucker. Nick, you're no longer allowed to drink and pod ever again. <laughs> no, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be incredible. I could see LeBron it. LeBron comes gonna, in and just wrecks it. They're going to tra- awesome. They're going to trade all of those expiring one-year co- contracts they have, and they're going to get they're going to get the best of some team that's struggling at the trade deadline that is willing to give up their star for some expiring contracts and stuff. I'm here for they'll it. Get, they'll get Anthony Davis and. Just Ooh, go on and man. destroy any, the Warriors. Any other uh, any other major storylines? I think health definitely is number one. Well, and wings and death, right? That's what I have as number two is can these wings pan out, um, how they are going to look. Obviously, Diallo looked awesome this yeah. preseason. But you also have Ferguson. And, <laughs> I mean, Jake could tweet out a very valid point about how exciting it is that we have two young developing wings who are both very athletic and uh, versatile and are you know have a lot of potential, <laughs> and people are just like, nah, Diallo's better. Let's trade yeah, for. Yeah, like why can't why can't I like them. them both, man? Like it's not a one or the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't get why what people are so mad on Twitter about it. I said yeah. I think Ferguson's gonna have a good year. Diallo's better. Trade Ferguson. <laughs> He's garbage. Like, bro, can they not be both good? Like, yeah. wh- why are you so That's against exciting. having two good wings? I don't. Uh, people, people are weird sometimes, man. They are. They just don't get it. But I'm with you. Uh, I think the wings and the depth is huge, and I think you obviously can't include Dre and his his injury. We talked about a little bit ago into that second point as well. Uh, if you get him back and get him close, even you know, even 85 percent to his his normal 100 percent that we saw last season uh, pre injury. That adds so much depth to this team on the wings, and and that's huge. Particularly if you have some guys like Ferguson and Diallo and Abrines getting these reps, getting these minutes, and pro- providing some solid minutes off the bench. I think that's that's huge for this team. Agreed. Nick, any other uh, any other storylines that you think are pretty significant entering the season? Um, I think we hit them all. To be honest. Yeah, I think I think we're going to cover a lot of storylines in our next section here, sure. which is the five burning questions for the Thunder season. Okay, so I have five questions here that I think all Thunder fans are are wondering, 
And we're not really going to find out until we get into season, until we see these things pan out. Um, but I'm going to propose you guys one question at a time, and we'll talk about them on, on how you think these things will work out. All right, so question one, can Russ and Schroeder be effective and defend at a high enough level to play minutes together, including and particularly in crunch time? I say yes. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it will be rough at first, and it will be judged hard at first, and people will say it won't work. But then once you give them some time, I think by the end of the season, it'll be something that we'll go to a lot. I Yeah, I agree 100%. I think there's going to be some growing pains. Um, I Honestly, I could see where the first game or you know the first week of wrestling back 100 percent uh we see it out there it looks incredible and twitter's going crazy saying oh my gosh the thunder are going to challenge the warriors this season and then the next week it just is an absolute disaster and there's some growing pains but i'm with you nick i think eventually uh particularly after watching Schroeder, and it's preseason and i know you can't take a ton from preseason but at least seeing Schroeder's effort if he can maintain that effort uh, it's going to work and I think he'd be really effective, particularly against teams, you know, like you know, the Warriors doing their small ball lineups and the Houston doing their small ball lineups. That you, we, I think we talked last week with like P.J. Tucker at the five, uh, rolling out some lineups like that for Houston. I think uh, the Thunder with the, the rush shooter lineups uh, going smaller, I think, could be really effective. I think it's going to be interesting because the Thunder have always loved to have a, a large two guard out there that is defensive minded and whenever they they close games i think there's a there's a belief within the organization i think there's probably already been talk with schroeder and he probably expects he knows he's not going to start but he knows he's going to be out there when the game's on the line you know and so schroeder like if you're if you're positioning them schroeder will be at the one and russ will be at the two because russ is just a bigger body so you're going to have like guys like Russ and Schroeder out there guarding Wall and Beal or out there guarding um, Steph, Steph and Clay, and Clay or, or out there guarding CP3 and Harden. Yeah, CP3, Harden. Um, you know, so I, I think it's going to be a defensive challenge, right? Because the, the Thunder, we've seen late in games for ever since Durant left, really that the Thunder like to go with a defensive lineup, get stops, and then just get the ball in Russ's hand and let things happen. you know. And, and so by putting Schroeder in that lineup, you are now trying to make the offense more dynamic. Um, but the, the organizational belief is to, is to end games strong defensively. And so can Russ and Schroeder buy in enough? Um, Schroeder's an undersized one. And if you're putting Russ at the two, Russ is an undersized two. Can can they defend enough to make stops? And then I'm also interested in like w- with with two minutes left to go in a game that the Thunder are down three, and they get a stop. Is Russ going to to be able to? Not that I don't think he wants to, but is Russ going to be able to let Schroeder have the ball? Let Schroeder do the creating, and Russ go stand in the corner and cut when he needs to cut or spot up. You know, it, 
Right. Like try is, and get is, open, even move off the ball. Yeah. Is yeah. Russ is Russ going to be able to not dominate the ball in those late game scenarios? Um, I think that makes the offense even scarier because typically all five defenders are are looking or they know where the ball is at anyways. And so if Russ has the ball, th- those are the two things you want to keep your eye on, right? Russell Westbrook and the basketball. But if Russell Westbrook doesn't have the basketball, now you've got that defense's you've got their attention split. Where's the ball? Where's Russ? And I think that can make the offense a lot more dynamic, but is it within Russ's game? And after doing the same thing for so long, like we talked with Carmelo, you know, he just couldn't purge those long twos. Is it in Russell's game to, to relinquish that control? To play off ball. I I, I know Harden is more of a natural shooting guard. But playing that two-point guard lineup in Houston and seeing how it worked, I know this is a very different you know, duo of players, but I think seeing Russ play off the ball this much is something we've, we've never seen before. And if he can thrive in it, you're right, that's, that's extremely scary for defenses. Particularly when you have Paul George on the other side of the, not the other side of the court, but the other side of the wing, the other wing. Yep. Um, I mean, that, that's and then Stephen Adams down low. That's. I mean, if you have a late exactly game, right. if you have a late game setup where Jeremy. where Schroeder is running a high screen and roll with uh, with Stephen Adams, where Paul George is popping out to the elbow, and Russ is cutting down the baseline and and curling back Oof. out like it, that. It's so much action to defend. Like the the defense can't overload something. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And, and, and so I, I think it can be a good weapon, but we're not going to know how good it is until we see it in practice. In theory, it's it's a great idea. In practice, I mean, I and like you said, Russ hasn't been in training camp. Russ hasn't been playing preseason games. So it's it's going to start gonna be being a work in progress. Yeah, it's going to sure. be a work in progress. Any more thoughts like on that? Like you said, it's, it's a gamble. I, I, just, I, I agree with you. I, the offensive reward could be worth it but you also could give up a lot on the defensive end. I think that's a really good point. Like I think, I think Shooter see, and Russ are going to have to both actively engage on the defensive end the I entire think, season. And tell me if you guys agree with this. I think we're going to see a lot of closing lineups of Schroeder, Russ, P, Grant, Adams. I agree. Just a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, the, a lot of this defense. Leads us, this leads us to our next question. If and when Dre gets back, and if and when he can get back to close or to that 100% that we saw last season, particularly on the defensive end, I think we could see Roberson, or, or sorry, Robertson in there at the, the three or the four, PG at the, you know, the other three or the four with a big man, uh, either Grant or Adams, probably Adams. So you have Rush, Schroeder, PG, Dre, and then Steve. Definitely. And that can help make up a little bit for those that the defensive issues that we talked about with that lineup, uh, starting Russian shooter, not starting, but playing Russian shooter alongside one another. Um, so that leads us to our next question, Jacob. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> question number two, will Robertson make it back to the team and be close enough to himself again to make a significant impact? Nick, what are your thoughts on this? I don't want to jinx it. I think Yes. But that's not out of any – I don't have any facts to back that up because it's kind of scary. That injury? Mm. That is scary. A lot of athletes <laughs> don't come back from that. Like, they don't come back the way they were. 
I think the That's good thing the good thing is that Dre is young. But you I mean you're right, it's scary. You know? Like can can Dre come back from this, um, start playing around Christmas time, and then by the time we get to the playoffs, can Dre be eighty five percent of last year's pre injury Dre? Which is it's weird too because a month ago you see his Instagram story and he's like like one hundred percent full out sprinting on a treadmill and he's talking about his progress coming back and then we randomly get hit with that. By the way, he's having issues recovering and it's gonna be another two months before we evaluate him. So yeah, that, he has that, a... that's the most worrisome part is that he's already ha- had one setback. Yeah, I he agree. Has I totally agree. With basically, that. in his knee. Yeah. Yeah, he has that stitch in his knee, the, the suture or whatever that uh, that's causing irritation and have to get that removed. I guess maybe you could take a positive from that and say that it wasn't a setback necessarily with his knee. Yeah, they said that the actual um, injury like he, he is healing correctly. It's um, it was that that suture that was that was aggravating him. But like realistically, what do you expect from him? Like when will he come back and actually play games? And and where do you think he'll end up at as far as like his effectiveness. So I think when we talked about this last week, uh, Jacob, you mentioned Christmas time. And I think that's a solid, uh, a solid target date for Dre coming back from the injury. I think it'll be right around Christmas time, uh, either slightly before, hopefully best case scenario, or, you know, maybe worst case scenario sometime, uh, or not worst case, worst case scenario would be that he's out for the season, but you know, uh, worst case scenario in this situation that he would be, Maybe later in January, sometime. Yeah, worst case scenario is like amputation. Like they just got to cut right, the yeah, thing off. Yeah, he can no longer. He can't play basketball ever again. Uh, but I could see. I, I I'm hoping. Uh, you know, kind of maybe eighty five percent, ninety percent. Dre can come back. Playoff time. Uh, can can play some sort of elite defense, even if it's not nearly as. Even if it's not defensive player of the year level that we saw. Uh, pre-injury last what would that be like you know late october november early december before he had that injury mid-december i I, that that's kind of what i'm hoping for Uh, it could be a little more realistic than him coming back 100 percent come playoff time and just absolute locking down uh you know star players and and up for defensive player of the year consideration um i think you know if Dre only gets back to 85%, like, what is his value then? Like, he, he's, already an offens- time. he's already an offensive liability. If Dre's only 85%, like, will he be effective, Nick? See, that's that's what I was going to say is, is I don't want to be depressing here, but I don't expect him to even touch the floor again. People are saying Christmas, I don't think, until January or February. And then when he does come back, it's not like they're going to let him play 35 minutes and say, hey, go guard their best player. It's going to be a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, guarding probably someone that plays off the ball a lot and, and, and isn't one of their best players. And then I honestly don't expect him to be guarding the other team's best player until maybe the playoffs. And even then, when he's to that point, like you said, he still may, may not be a hundred percent. If he is eighty-five percent, like what is what is he? He's a body. And then you still don't have that offensive part 
Yeah, either, either you know, it, you basically have the Dre from two or three seasons ago still developing. He's a right. good defender on the defensive end, but just absolute no offense. That's a good yeah. point, Nick. So I don't want to be that guy, but I don't have the highest hopes as far as him guarding. I, I do think he'll come back and play. I, I will say that, but I don't think he's going to be. He's not going to be the Dre that, that we knew, yeah, from last year. Okay, well, that leads in to question number three, which I think is incredibly important with the Dre information. Uh, question three, can one of the four young wings, meaning Ferguson, Diallo, Abrinas, TLC, develop to the point of being an average to above average NBA wing rotation player, providing this team with quality depth? You want this one, Nick? You want to start? You got it. Okay. So, you know, I, I love Thunder Twitter. You guys know I love Thunder Twitter. That's how we all, or besides me and Nick, that's kind of how we all sort of met and this podcast got started. But Thunder Twitter can overreact <laughs> more than no. almost any other fan base. No. Thunder Twitter overreact? <laughs> we talked about this. Over, yeah. Yeah. Who, who would have thought, right? <laughs> so... We got to pump the brakes on this Diallo. I, I love Diallo. I think he can be, he has so much potential, can be an incredible wing for us in the future. But let's not, let's not start talking about trading Ferg and Abrinas or Ferg and, and Andrew Dre for, to, and, you know, for Diallo to develop. And Diallo he's has be- not, he's a 20 year old who has not played a single regular season NBA minutes. Okay. I, right. I am exactly. very impressed with Hamadou Diallo. Very impressed. He's done great Super things. Impressed. Yeah, he did great things last night, two nights ago, two nights ago, whenever they played Milwaukee, Milwaukee started their bench and then subbed in their third string and ended up playing guys (laughs) that aren't even going to make the G League. Okay, so Hamadou looks great. I think he's going to contribute to this team. Agreed. Let's pump the brakes just a tad. Okay, don't get in the Hamadou Diallo train and put that son of a bitch at 100 miles an hour and run it off the tracks, okay? So my point with all that is that I think, and I, yeah, you, exactly, you nailed it. So my my point with all that being, I think that we will definitely have one of those wings pan out, and I think one of them will at least be average. Now, a, a, above average, I think, I'm, I'm not positive on, but that would obviously be a huge bonus. And then just getting Dre back and getting him back to a 85, 90% to 100% is an even bigger bonus, you know, come late season or mid season. So I think absolutely one of these guys can. Also, don't be surprised. I know TLC didn't get a lot of burn this preseason, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was just Billy trying to get a feel for these other guys. And he was watched a ton of TLC tape. And uh, when he was playing with the Sixers this past season, and I think we might see a little more uh, Timote, Lawawu, Cabarro this uh, the beginning of this regular season compared to preseason. Not that I necessarily want that by any means, but I think that just seems like a Billy thing to me. I don't know. It's just my opinion. But to answer that question, yes, I think at least one of these rings will develop to be at least league average. But above average is just me being very hopeful. What do you think? Nick? Yeah, I think... I think uh, if any of them do become average to above average, it's not going to be a Abrinas. Um, but out of the other three, I mean, there's a chance. You never really know. There's guys that take a couple years to get good. 
Um, and the, the, the good thing about it, this is every NBA team, which is kind of what happens, but especially Billy Donovan teams, we'll go stretches of the year where one or two of these guys are getting huge minutes and we're saying, oh, these guys are going to be rotation guys. And then the very next week they're playing zero minutes and not playing coach's decision. So we'll get to see a lot of different action from all these guys this year, but down the road on which one can become above average, I don't know. I'm hoping one of them can. I think they're all going to be average, but I don't know which one. Uh, Brinus won't be, but one of them could become above average at some point, but it won't be anytime soon. I, yeah. think, I think Ferguson has the best shot of becoming this season of being the, the most well-rounded player. Yeah, this this season, I agree. I agree, agree. Yep. I agree yep. this season. As Offensively, far as long-term, defensively. Right, long-term, it could be Diallo, it could be TLC, but I agree this season would be Ferg. I, I think yep. Diallo has a very high ceiling. Um, I think Ferg has a very high floor. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, think, I think at worst. too bad. <laughs> I think at worst, Ferg's going to be a rotational player. Um, but at best, you know, he'll be, a you know, an average starter, but I think Diallo at best is, um, is a really, really high caliber NBA player, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I think I agree with that. The, the one I'm, I'm worried the most about, and it's probably because it's the, the person that I feel like I know the least about is TLC. Um, yep. I, I, I think Diallo will get regular season minutes this year. I also know that Hamadou Diallo is a young rookie uh, moving into the highest level of competitive basketball in the world. And he's he's going to be inconsistent, just like Terrence Ferguson was inconsistent last year. You know, I mean, Diallo was inconsistent offensively, even in the preseason. I think Diallo's looked good defensively, but he's going to have up and downs. Like, every rookie has ups and downs. I think with, with Ferguson being in his second year, I think he's going to be a better player, and I think he's going to, to show that consistency because of the experience he's had. And so I, I actually have high hopes for Terrence Ferguson this year. I think he's going to be a good defender for this team. I think he can shoot the ball well. And what we saw from him in preseason, he looks more comfortable to catch the ball in the wing and dribble once or twice and then pass it. Um, I also think Alex Abrinas is going to be really good for that bench. Like I know people aren't high on Alex. Yep. Um, I think his defense has evolved to the point where he can be a decent bench defender. And then I think he has elite shooting. Like His percentages, his form... Um, he has elite shooting, and I think with that second unit, he is going to draw defenders out to him, creating space uh, for Nerlens and for, for Grant in the lane. And I think you're going to see lineups where you're going to get Abrinas out there with Russell Westbrook. And it's offensively, yeah. it's going to open up beautiful things. Um, I think Coach has already said some good things about Abrinas in this preseason and in training camp that he, he likes his development, he likes what he does. And so I, I think you're going to have... The, the, the hope is that they can be average, but I think even more than that is that they can be consistent. I think consistency is going to be really good. I don't think you're going to get much consistency out of, out of Hami. Like, the hope is that you can, but I, I don't think it's fair to expect consistent three, consistency from him. 
uh, I think you'll see a, a more consistent Ferguson and Abrinas this year, which will provide really quality depth, though. Yeah, and Jacob, you, you mentioned that TLC is probably the guy we've seen, we've seen the least of. Um, and not that this means anything because draft picks are, are never never super accurate as far as how people end up. But I don't think many people realize TLC was a first-round pick the year before Ferg. So yeah, he's not I think just it was like the same some spot random. Too. I think it was twenty one. He, he was twenty. He was twenty fourth. Twenty twenty four. Okay. So it's not. So it's so. So it's not like he's just some random foreign guy we got. You know, in the trade as a filler. Like according to like the the way NBA teams saw him coming into the draft, he's the same caliber that Ferguson is. Right. Right. I agree with that. Also, Jake, I'm really glad you brought up Arenas, and I'm not going to add too much to that because you nailed it, and I forgot to bring up Arenas, which is why I mentioned that. Uh, but also, I think it just. We mentioned this a little earlier on in the pod, but I think the biggest thing with uh, Alex is going to be his health. Yeah, uh, if he can stay healthy with that back, with that, with, I know he's had bad knees and ankles in the past. If he can stay healthy, I think he could be really big for us this season. So yeah, I agree. He can with be you. a really, yeah, really important piece. He just he adds depth. And I tweeted this on our Twitter account the other day, but just to get thoughts from you guys, um, Abrinas is eligible for an extension up until October thirty first, and if That's he doesn't point. get if he doesn't get extended. He becomes, I think, a re- restricted free agent next summer. He was a second-round pick, uh, so the the rules on that's a, that are a little bit different. But I think he becomes restricted. Um, just quick, real, real quick, give me your guys' uh, thoughts, your percentage on. Do you think Alex Abrinas? Uh, do you think the Thunder reach an extension with him before October thirty-first? Taylor. Uh- I say no. I think they'll let him go restricted. Well, particularly if he will be restricted after this and not unrestricted, I, I don't think so. You said you said percentage. I'm gonna go fifty. I mean, I don't really have a strong case either way. I could see the Thunder wanting to keep him around because he's a he's a he's a proven shooter, and we don't really have many of those. But I I could also see where they don't see the minutes for him, and they don't see him being a part of the future. So they don't. So I, it, I don't really have a strong case either way. Here, here's my thought on it, just real quick. I'll try to be fast with this. Um, I think he's a he's a good candidate to get extended, and and I think that for a few reasons. Number one, I think the Ooh. front office really likes him. Um, number two, True. number two, uh, free agency next summer is going to be way different than this summer. This summer there was a lot of players and not a lot of money. Next summer, there is a ton of money because all those awful 2016 contracts come off the books. Not all of them, but a big chunk of them. So yep. that means that there's going to be a, a, a lot of money available. So when teams um, strike out and all the big free agents are gone and they're still sitting there with $20 million in cap space, uh, next summer is the type of summer, again, where players that don't need to get overpaid get overpaid. And so and I, th- I think the Thunder, uh, they understand that, right? They have a good front office. And so I think they want to get Abrinas locked up um, for for a significant amount of years, maybe two or three more years um, at their price rather than let the market dictate the price. And the third thing I think on that is um, if, if they do let Abrinas go into free agency and say they let him walk, uh, this team doesn't have cap space with with Russ, Adams, and PG. There's there's no cap space for them to go and replace production. 
So worst case scenario, getting a Brainus on a contract for three years um, is is money on the books that um, it, it, it's a potential trade piece because Rock, that's that, yeah, that's the only way they asset. that's the only way they can roster build right now because they don't have the money for free agency. It's just it's not there. You know they they have that's three a, yeah. hugely played paid players that are eating up like eighty percent of their cap. Um, they don't have the money for other guys to to go out and get guys in free agency. So the the, the best tool they have moving forward is to extend a guy like a Brainus at like six million dollars a year, and worst case scenario that that's a trade piece down the line. So I, I think he's a, I think he's a good candidate to get to get extended. I'd I'd give it like sixty five percent. Okay. That's a good, uh, yeah, very good point. Let's go on to question number four. Nick, I'm coming to you first on this one. Will the okay. pairing and chemistry between Russ and PG have grown enough in their second year to be legit contenders in the West? I, my answer to this is I don't really care how much chemistry PG and Russ have. They could have, have the best chemistry ever formed in the history of the NBA and just them two together is not going to be enough to be a real contender and beat the Warriors. So, sure, I think they'll have better chemistry than last year, and it'll be a great duo. But I'm more concerned about the pieces around them as far as being a legit contender in the West. Bang, bang. That's exactly what I was going to say. Great point. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. Exactly what I was going to say. I think having those two guys on the same page is important. Um but I think maybe the strength of this team is its depth this year. And so they need to have consistency throughout, uh, chemistry throughout. But I don't know. A lot of times I think back to that game five, that's third and fourth quarter here in Oklahoma City against Utah, and just how Russ and yeah. P just completely fed off each other and just went off. And I think that's uh, that's kind of how this season is going to go. You're going to have P and Russ kind of leading the charge, and then everyone else is going to uh, to fill in the gaps. You know. I yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's a good point. I, I also think absolutely think play the chemistry fast. is going to be stronger. Oh yeah. Well, we saw that preseason. We talked a little bit about that uh, last week. That it's going to be, it's, they're going to be a fun team to watch. Just oh yeah. Purely based off entertainment. That's a good point. All right, question number five, the last of our five burning questions before we move on. Uh, what will the locker room fit be like with notorious locker room problems, Nerland's Noel, and to a lesser extent, Dennis Schroeder? Will, will, it, will we hear about locker room issues in Oklahoma City, or do you have enough faith in the culture and the leadership of this team um, that they build build camaraderie and there's no issues. I think it'll be just fine. Uh, you never really heard about Schroeder back when he was playing on that Hawks team that had, you know, Millsap and Damari Carroll Horford. and Horford, all those guys. He wasn't a problem back then. It was whenever all those guys left and it was literally a bunch of random players playing. And there was no leadership, no veterans. That was when you kind of heard the problems. As far as Nerlens, kind of the same thing. I know he had Dirk last year, but I don't. I don't. Dirk's a great player, Hall of Famer. But as far as like being a outspoken leader that's going to shut a guy down like that, especially his age, 
That's just not something I see him doing. A little bit different that, leadership he, between Dirk and Russ. Right, absolutely. And and in Philadelphia, that was back in the early trust the process days when it was like they had 10 first-round draft picks playing on a team together that were all like 19. There was nobody on that team that was a veteran or a leader for Nerland. So I think, and, and especially the fact that it's the first time those guys have ever played for a contender outside of that one year in Atlanta with Schroeder. So I think all those things, things combined we won't hear a peep out of either of them i think that's a solid point i would agree with you taylor anything to add to that i yeah i agree completely i i really don't think we'll hear anything from noel uh primarily because this is kind of a prove it season for him and i think like nick said dennis just wants to win so i if if they're winning and they're they're playing well, I, I don't think we'll hear anything from him, particularly with the strong leadership we have and the culture around the Thunder. I think the only thing we would hear from Dennis, the only uh, you know complaints maybe that we would hear from the locker room would be if this whole like question number one, if Russ and Schroeder that lineup doesn't work well, and all of a sudden we see towards the end of games and the closing time that Schroeder is on the bench and maybe a, a healthy Dre. Is, is starting in his place, then maybe we'll start to hear a little bit of displeasure from Dennis and some complaining. But other than that, I, I agree. I, I really think both of them are, are happy to be in a, a positive and dynamic uh, locker room and culture like the Thunder, and I really don't think we'll hear too much. Good, good. Um, okay, Taylor, what else do we have for the Thunder? So we obviously have a pretty deep a deep bench this year. Um, how do you guys think that we stack up against other teams in the Western Conference this season when it comes to all of our positions? Uh, we can start off with point guard, uh, but also you know shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, and even our bench. Okay, so let's rapid fire through these real quick. Um, point guard. Where, where, where are the Thunder at as far as point guard in the West? I mean, Russ is, I think most people would agree, Russ is second best point guard in the West. Yep. Yeah. But but behind Steph. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, shooting guard. Yeah, they have a lot of shooting guards. That's we just... that's that's where we may not. That's that's the big question mark. How yep. do we stack up against the rest of the West with our shooting guards? Here, I don't here's, know. Here's an interesting question: Are the Thunder the weakest team in the West at shooting guard? Ooh. Probably. Yeah, we're the only team that doesn't have a true starting shooting guard, probably. I mean, yes. even the worst team in the West, Sacramento, has Buddy Heald. He would be a for sure starter for us. Yep. That's uh, a fair point. D- Dallas has Wes Matthews. Yeah. And then you look at teams like Portland. Phoenix. Phoenix. Portland, yeah. San Antonio. Um. Well, New Orleans is probably pretty weak at, at shooting but guard. But Drew, Drew, Drew Holiday, is he running the point this year? They putting him back at two again oh they might put him at two and start Alfred Payton at, at the yeah one. so so kind of a, uh, kind more of depth. a that's a good point <laughs> a really shitty version of Houston <laughs> yeah yeah I I really think we may have the worst shooting guard definitely bottom shooting. three but yeah probably worst shooting guard rotation uh bottom three in the west uh small forward I would have to go through and look but we may have the worst in the league oh Ooh. god <laughs> that's scary Small forward. We're solid. Deep. Yeah, I think that. I mean, they have the third best small forward in the West. And in the league. 
Or in the West, yeah, yeah. Third best behind Sorry. behind LeBron and KD. Yep. Power forward. I think this one's interesting. I, I think, think I power forward it. potential is good as far as the actual production. That's what's in the air. Patterson hypothetically should fit great and be a good power forward starting for us. And Jeremy Grant hypothetically should have another great year off the bench. But those are both two guys that haven't been proven like long-term set in stone. You're going to get this out of me. Yeah, I, I would say um, as far as where they stand in the West at power forward, the Thunder are like middle of the road. Yeah. Right. I like. I, uh, yeah, I, I would say they're, they're not top to tier, they're, but they're not bottom half. They're kind of just hanging there in the middle, you know? Yeah. So, okay, center. Thunder have the. I think if you combine, if, if if you combine starter and backup, I think we're we're in the the top half for sure. Just based off Adams alone. Oh, but you're I, right. I would I would argue that as far as starting centers in the West, Thunder are again third behind Cat and Jokic. Yeah. Is there another know. center in the West better than better than Adams? Do you take DeAndre Jordan over Adams? I take oh, no, but Cat. Capella, Capella, all the all the analysts are gonna say Capella. I, I I would put Capella even with with Adams. I would say they're on the same level, um, but they're at least fourth. I forgot you got Cat, you Towns. got Jokic, yeah, and right. you got and you got Capella. Anthony Davis is playing the five this year. Oh, oh that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Still, it's it's pretty deep, particularly yeah. if, if De- no Deontay Ayton's young. Um, none of the centers in California are any good. Not Golden State center's not good. Who are they even running out at center this year? Probably Draymond. They'll probably play death lineup yeah. until Boogie gets back. Lakers center's garbage. Or Jordan Bell. Bell. Yeah. Jordan Bell could start center. Lakers center is garbage. Yeah. Sacramento center is probably garbage. I don't even know who they got playing center there. Harry Giles. Willie Colley Stein. Willie Colley Stein. Willie Stein. Um, Adams is better than Nurk, even though Nurk up there in Portland gets the better of Adams sometimes. Adams is better than Nurk. He's so like I better, said, Deontay Ayton yeah. is young. I would take Adams over over DeAndre Jordan. Me too. I would take Adams over Pau Gasol or LaMarcus Aldridge. I would take him over an old Marc Gasol. I would take him over an old Marc Gasol as well. I think you're right. So yeah. top four, top five in the West out of the oh, 15, yeah. so he's top third. Okay, then the yeah. Thunder bench. What about the bench? Oh that's, man, that's that's another hypothetical because I feel like like the shooting guard, yeah. Like they, even like Dennis has never come off the bench, so it's a brand new role for him. Yeah, we have a bunch of unproven shooting guards that could be good, good and and small forwards, wings in general, and then Jeremy Grant, if he improved this off season and keeps doing great what he did last year, we're fine. And then Nerlens is a question mark. So I think yeah, I think the potential kind of a, is high. Hi, yeah, high ceiling. Super, yeah. There, we have the potential to have one of the deepest benches we've ever had. Yeah, it could go to shit. But you're right. But it's a big it, question mark. It's a, high, right. it's a high ceiling. They got a lot of potential. I mean, you look at teams like Golden State's depth is bad this year. Like, it's real bad. True. Um, Minnesota. Swaggy P sign. He has Nowhere it. yet. I would take Swaggy P. Um, Minnesota's depth isn't good. Um, like,. New Orleans depth isn't good. Sacramento just isn't good. 
<laughs> Portland's depth isn't very good. I mean, they have a good backup uh, point guard, but that's it in Portland. Right, right. I mean, they lost they lost a lot of their depth. Lakers' depth yeah. will be interesting. I think the Clippers are pretty deep. I don't think the Clippers have any great players, but They're I think deep. they have a lot of good players. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Phoenix just isn't going to be great. Houston lost depth. Yeah. But they added some, too. Yeah. Yeah. True. They added, they got Carter Williams now, and they've got Carter a couple other trash. guys. Dude, <laughs> he was rookie of the year. He's got it in him. He just got to find it. And Bledsoe, if, if Bledsoe can get healthy after that Bledsoe Marquise trade, or Mar, uh, Marquise Chris trade. No, no, Brandon Knight. Not or not Bledsoe. Uh, Brandon Knight. Knight. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Bledsoe's up in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Dude, I, I, we've beat this drum to death. They're, they're gonna miss Trevor Ariza so much. Oh yeah, he's so yep. good. He's so good. I think he'll have a big season too in Phoenix. I agree. Okay, um, let's move on, uh, Taylor, to our predictions. This is gonna be the final thing of our Thunder season preview. So, uh, Taylor, take us to predictions. So, we just talked about all the Thunder players we have, how we have a, a bunch of different options here. Which Thunder player do you guys think will overachieve or have a, a breakout season? Nick, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, sheesh. I, I am super high on Nerlens Noel. I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest greatest on offense i'm not saying he's even going to shoot 50 percent from layups because he's missed a lot of them already but just his defensive presence like that last game he had three steals and two blocks or Dude, his arms versa. are freak freaking long yeah and even yeah. shots he doesn't block same his his contest of it is just like he makes guys miss so i think he may not be the most the most breakout as far as stats go but as far as how he helps the team like impact i think yeah, his impact will be higher than a lot of people expected. Do you remember how like teams were legit afraid to come in the lane when Serge Ibaka was in the game? Yeah. I yeah. think that that's going to be the case for the Thunder bench this year. Whenever Nerlens and Grant are both in the yeah, paint, like, so I think second unit guards are going to be scared shitless of coming in there. Yeah. yeah. like They're just going to swat everything. Uh, my yeah. answer for this one... Um, I'm I'm sticking with Terrence Ferguson. I think he's going to have a breakout season or or overachieve maybe. Um, but I I think he's going to to really prove himself as a legitimate NBA rotation player this season. Taylor, who do you got? So I said last pod that shooter would be sixth man of the year. So since you guys just gave two really good options, just to have some variety here, I'm going to go with Schroeder. I think bang, bang. he will. Even if it's not overachieve, even if it's just maybe meet meet standards for some Thunder fans, uh, I think he will have a really good season. I think him and Russ are going to mesh well, and I think we're going to be really happy that we trade for him. So, on the contrary, who underachieves? Ooh, I'll take this Jacob. one first, Nick. Um, underachieve. Y'all aren't going to like this one. I'm going Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Oh, I'm going man, that, yeah, that would hurt. He, he got that paycheck. Man, you took mine. You oh, took mine. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he. you can tell he's more comfortable like with the ball. Like He's been bringing the ball up sometimes. Like When he gets the rebound, if there's not a point guard around, he'll just bring it up. 
but there's something about his game, like when he drives to the hole, like a lot of guys like get to the hole and it looks smooth. When he drives or even drives and pulls up, it looks like he his body just stays too perfectly squared to the basket and he just like dribbles side to side. It just doesn't look right. Yeah. Yeah. he just doesn't he just doesn't have that like the, I don't it's just something about him. I just don't see him taking that next step from what I've seen in preseason. What's your so I think for for me it's I'm gonna take the softball here <laughs> and say it's it's probably gonna be Diallo or even Deontay Burton because th- so many Thunder fans are so high on both of them right now. I think Diallo is gonna have a solid rookie season and like you, we said can even play and contribute. Um, Burton may not get nearly and nearly as much time as people think with the Thunder. Uh, might be a lot of blue time for him. So I think those might be the two that. And, and, or Nader doesn't have high expectations, so I'm not going to say him. But I think those two are kind of the two that, that people will be a little disappointed about. So next, next bullet point I have is how many All-Stars this season are from OKC? How many do you guys think we have? Does Shooter have the potential to get there? Will PG make it this year? You know, last year he's got in because uh, whoever it was got hurt. I think it was Boogie. Who do you guys think? Or how many do you guys think? Sorry. Nick, give us a number. One. Whoa, I'm going two. I'm going two. I think uh, with Butler probably leaving the West, LeBron coming to the West, I I think PG will get in. Um, Spoiler alert, I think maybe if PG doesn't get in, Adams does. No. But you also have DeRozan in the West now, but Kawhi's not, so it'll be interesting. Very interesting. Wait, wait, wait. The the all-star voting... They don't have a center anymore. It's two guards and three forwards, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Adams isn't isn't getting in then. I love Adams, True. but Good he's point. not going to get in. Good point. I I don't know if Paul will get in. It'll be right on the edge, but I just have a feeling, just like normal Thunder players, will get shafted. It's a it's a popularity contest with the fan vote. I hate the fan vote. I agree. Yeah. Speaking of votes, though, uh, and accolades, how many end-of-season accolades and awards do you guys think Thunder will get? Uh, you know, awards, spots on the All-NBA type teams. We talked about All-Star selections, etc. Are there any others outside the All-Star game, I guess? I should say, do you guys think uh, Thunder players will receive this year? I think Russ and P both get on an All-NBA team, either first, second, or third. How many all-defensive teams is there? Is there just one? Or is there two all-defensive teams? There's two. Two all-defensive teams. First and second, I believe. Because I was listening to a podcast about a, uh, a Murray from San Antonio getting injured. And I thought he got second second team uh, all-defense last season. Uh, Paul George is going to make an all-defensive team. Russell, I think so. Yeah, Paul George. Or at least, sorry. I, I wanted to say Adams, so. but... With only should. two center spots, it's not going to happen. They're going to give it to Embiid and to uh, to Rudy Gay. Here you go, Bear. Dennis Schroeder is going to get sixth man of the year. I th- I could I could see that assuming we end up with a high playoff spot because I feel like being a sixth man of the year on a good team really helps your case. Yep. So if we're like, and Hamadou Diallo is getting Rookie of the Year. You heard rookie it here first, folks. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not, not happening. Not happening. No chance. Boom. Any other I like, any other accolades? I like Schroeder for six man of the year. I think that's a lot of potential. Um, I do like PG and if well Dre won't be healthy soon enough to even get consideration. I like PG for uh maybe second all defensive team. I think it'd be really cool. Uh Russ will, you know, be on a uh an all NBA team hopefully if if he stays healthy. Um but outside of that, I'm not really sure. I don't think I have anything else. That's probably it. So how many games will the Thunder win and what is their record? What do you guys think? And I guess including with that, g- give me their record and then uh, what seed do you guys think they'll get in the playoffs? 50 wins, four seed. Wow. That's a, Fourth? That's, yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. Wow. yeah the West is going to be wow. going to be beat I, up. That I, I can see that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I am going to say 52 wins, third seed. I was I like 51. I like 51. I was going to say 51 and third seed. 50, Boom. 51, and 52. 51, we all say third seed. Well, Nick said fourth. So we got oh, two Nick, Nick said fourth. fourth seed. Yeah. There you go. Hater. <laughs> so if Okasi gets the third seed, they're going to be in the playoffs. Who are they playing in the first round? I want to hope they're in the playoffs if they get the third seed. <laughs> if they are in the third seed, their playoff matchup will be here. Denver. I'll, I'll, I'll go real quick for you. Here's here's the top eight in the West at the end of the season: Golden State, Houston, okay. Oklahoma City, Utah. Yep. Denver. LA. The Los Angeles Lakers, who the Thunder will play. That's Ooh. seed six. Ooh, that'd be a fun seven. Seven is Portland. Eight is New Orleans. San New Antonio Orleans. and Minnesota miss the playoffs. I like that. I would switch up the order slightly, I think, but I, those are my teams. Dude, that just really puts it in perspective on how much of a chance we have to win a title. If we have to play L.A., then Houston. LeBron James, yeah. Then Golden That's then gauntlet, State. Man. And hey, then uh, Boston. Hey, go uh, ahead and play LeBron round one. And then round two, will you go ahead and play Harden and CP3? And then round three, we're going to put you up against maybe the greatest NBA team of all time in the Warriors. And then, if you get by then, you can play the Celtics. You get by <laughs> you then, the you're big, dead. Maybe the biggest threat you're to the already Warriors dead. this season. Yeah, yeah. You, you've been beaten alive. Ugh. The West is just wild. The wild, wild West. I really hope they don't play LeBron round one, man. That's gonna be no. awful. Like so I'll, I'll take bad. Denver. I'll take Denver. Um, like I'll take Portland. I'll take New Orleans. Um, yeah, yeah. I just don't want to play LeBron round one. Me either. Particularly if something happens, like Nick said at a trade deadline. So no, I don't want that to happen. Question for you guys. <laughs> We're talking about these potential matchups, playoff matchups, potential uh, regular season uh, seeding. How do you guys think this season ends for us? Is it another first-round exit? Do we have too many injuries to not even make the playoffs? Or are we just so incredibly good that kick we're the biggest threat to the Warriors? You keep talking <laughs> shit like that, or, buddy. Hey, hey, hey. Or, or are, we the, <laughs> are we the biggest threat to the Warriors? Are we the biggest threat to the Warriors in the league? Get the, That's the championship 
is essentially the Western Conference Finals, and the Thunder are in it. Nick, what what's the Thunder's last game of the season? The Thunder's last game of the season, I think that we get out of the first round, but in the Ooh. second round, in the second round, we're gonna play someone incredible, whether it's Houston, oh. Golden State, or LA. So I think we get we lose second round in five games. You say get out of the first round. I was like, oh my gosh, I thought you meant like first round exit. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we get out of the first round. We lose in the second round of five. Taylor, you want to go next? Or you want me to go next? I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm going to be a homer, and I'm going to say Western Conference Finals against Golden State, and we're going to lose. Maybe in like four or five games. But we're going to get there, dang it. I am going. Uh, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say, actually. Yeah. Western Conference Finals, losing five. Sorry. I took your thunder. They're going to go seven, seven in round two, and then in round three. The Western Conference Finals, they'll lose in like five games to the Warriors. Yep, I like that's, it. That, that's my prediction, and I'm sticking to it. All right, Guys, those are pretty good predictions. I agree. Anything else you guys have for this Thunder season before we get out of here? We're just so close, and I'm so happy. I cannot that's wait. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we needed to get here. I'm sick of waiting. I agree. Well, Preseason is just the biggest tease. It's the biggest cock tease out there, buddy. Yes. All right. Thunder well, up. Hey, the next time you guys hear from us, it'll be after legit NBA basketball games. So we really appreciate you guys. Thanks for sticking with us all summer long. This is the last preseason podcast. If you enjoy these Let's podcasts, if, if you want to uh, follow along with us during the season, go ahead and hit up iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit that follow button. Subscribe to us. We'll be around all season long. You can also check us out on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. And we will have a lot of cool things up on our website this season at theuncontestedsports.com. If you do subscribe to the podcast uh, and you want to go ahead and leave us a five-star rating, uh, that would mean the world to us. just allows other people to see the podcast, uh, lets us grow in popularity, and um, allows other people to interact with us. And that's what we like to do. That's why we do this. So, um, hey, appreciate it. Make sure that you follow our contributors on Twitter. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. And Nick is at Two Cranes. Myself, I am at ThunderMob405. We will talk to you guys in roughly a week, and we'll break down some legit Thunder basketball. Thanks for sticking with us, and Thunder up. Let's go. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.